Hey there, it is your host, Allison McGee, coming to you on an early summer, early afternoon, having just returned from the dog park with Paco, who goes to the dog park every single day. And if he doesn't race wildly there, he plays fetch wildly. And then he goes on a four to five to six mile walk. And then he goes on another one or perhaps back to the dog park at night. And in between there is indoor fetch (laughs) in which I toss the ball up the stairs so that he has to run up the stairs to get it. And uh, does he, has he lost any of his high energy? No, he has not. Have I lost any of my high energy? Uh, Yeah, I'm always tired. This month I put a lot of miles on my low miles car, driving three hours back and forth to and from a tiny town in north central Minnesota called Elbow Lake. There are many lakes in Minnesota. It is, after all, known as the land of 10,000 lakes, although I've heard there are more like 15,000. And a friend of mine named John had a house in Elbow Lake that he bought many years ago. When he, a city boy, took a job teaching English there, Elbow Lake is about as rural a place as you can imagine. John and I met when we were both young, in our 20s, and I was new to Minneapolis. I had a really hard time making friends here. The city was really different back then, and if you weren't born and raised here, it was just tough to break through this sort of cinder block wall of friendships that people had made in kindergarten and that seemed unshakable. And unshakable to the extent that new friends weren't really (laughs) part of the picture or even wanted. I'd always made friends quickly and easily in my life up until then. And when I look back on my first years here, a feeling of bewilderment and loneliness comes washing over me. One thing I did appreciate about the Twin Cities, though, was, and remains, its profound love and support for the arts, including writing. One of my short stories that I was writing back then won a prize, and the prize included publication in Minnesota Monthly. And shortly after, that story, which was my first published story, called Green Grass Cover, came out, I received a letter from a young English teacher in Elbow Lake, Minnesota. His name was John Drazzle, Z-D-R-A-Z-I-L. I had no idea how to pronounce that last name, but he loved that story with all his heart, and he was writing to ask permission to turn it into a play for his high school students to perform, and of course I said yes. And then a few months later, he invited me to journey out to Elbow Lake to see the show. And I said yes again. I remember a long, long drive. Rolling fields, grassland, lakes twinkling blue in the distance. It reminded me of where I grew up in upstate New York, except it was a lot flatter. Once in Elbow Lake, there was this John Drazzle person 
tall, lean, charming, kind, talented, funny as hell, clearly beloved by his students. I remember a set that he had designed and helped the students build, and I remember thinking, dang, this guy is just so cool, so kind, so easy to be with. That was the beginning of our friendship. One of the first friends that I made here in Minnesota. Over all the years between then and now, I would trek out to Elbow Lake to visit John's students and visit him, make author appearances at various events that he would put together. When he came to Minneapolis, he was born and raised just outside the city, we would meet at diners usually because we both loved them, or at my house, or elsewhere. I spent some time earlier today scrolling through our texts over the years, filled with the nicknames we had for each other. Driz, Drizzle, Zadrazzle, Drazzle, Draz. John died a couple of weeks ago from a recurrence of cancer, and I am so sad about it, and so grateful to have been his friend. So grateful also to have had a long and beautiful visit with him a few days before he died. We held hands in his living room and talked and laughed and cried. We both knew it would be our last conversation. John's dog Daisy kept watch from the porch. One of his former students has adopted her now and she's settling in well to her new home. John loved dogs with all his heart and he loved the photos of our dog Paco that I would send to him, and he loved the things I would write about Paco online. Last night I lay awake thinking about Grandpa, who was a past ancient dog of John's, one that he cared for with so much devotion that he would get up every night and spend hours, and I'm talking hours, this is not an exaggeration, wandering his backyard with Grandpa as Grandpa stumbled around the perimeter looking for something that never appeared. He had so much more patience than I ever will. Drazzle loved his students with all his heart. To his students, he was that teacher, the teacher they will remember their entire lives, the teacher who saw them, who knew them, who understood them in a way no one else did. Did it surprise me that the GoFundMe organized by those students surpassed its $100 goal by over $12,000? It did not. Did it surprise me that Drazzle never mentioned a word of it to me and that I had to find out about it from someone else? That did not surprise me either. I may as well have been one of those students of his. I too felt seen and known and beloved by him. In his life, John was many things city boy and countryman, legendary teacher, in middle age a first-time and passionate surfer, a mortician. Yes, John went to mortuary school because he wanted to help people in the hardest time of their life, and he felt that that would be a way to do it. He was a dog fosterer, if that even is a word, fosterer. He was a Yeah, I'm just going to go with it. He was a dog fosterer and a dog lover. 
He was a volunteer extraordinaire who served military vets and food shelves and tiny rural churches as a lay pastor. He was a musician who played the guitar not very well, according to his friends, but with great happiness. <laughs> he was also a writer, and I remember going to a reading of his just a couple of years ago after he had won an award for a short story and feeling so proud of him and so happy for him. The only novel of mine, he had followed my career ever since that very first published story, and the only novel of mine he did not know almost by heart, and I'm not kidding, is the last one, the one I dedicated to him long before we knew that he was sick. He never read that one because, in his words, damn it, you always make me cry, Allison McGee, and I have to save my tears until I'm through this treatment and I can handle another Allison McGee book. He always called me by my full name in every single conversation we ever had, including the last one. He would at some point pause, shake his head, and say, Allison McGee, with this look in his eyes, as if I were some kind of wonder, which I am not, but he was. Drazzle loved my writing. I wept to a friend the other night. He loved me. It was as if I couldn't do anything wrong in his eyes. How rare that is in life to have someone love you like that. He told me that last day, our last conversation, that he was scared to die. And I told him I didn't trust people who weren't. We laughed about that a little. Four days later, he crossed through that door. You know I'm going to write about you, John Drazzle, I said at the end of, the la of that last visit when he couldn't keep his eyes open anymore, even though he was trying hard, and I knew it was time to go. I used his full and proper name so he'd know I meant it. Ordinarily, that would have made him laugh, but he just looked me in the eye and nodded slowly, soberly. Then his eyes filled. Write me a poem, Allison McGee, he said. That is the one and only request my friend ever made of me. Write me a poem. I drove the three hours home and wrote him a series of haiku then and there so I could text them to him before it was too late. We were out of time, and we both knew it. We're all out of time. His funeral, which Drazzle himself planned, was packed. There was a spillover tent outside on a hundred-degree day. My friendship with John existed in a kind of silo. We didn't have friends in common, although I had certainly heard their names. And I was there by myself, but surrounded with hundreds of people who felt the same way I did about the guy. Something else he told me during our last visit was this. I have had such a beautiful life. Our poem today is the prayer that he himself wrote to all the people he had been in his life. Here's the poem. A Prayer for All the People I Have Been by John Drazzle Thank you, God, for my life. 
or maybe I should say lives. I have been more than I expected to be, and for that I am grateful. So it is with a full heart that I ask his grace and mercy for all the people I have been. For my family, who loved me completely and taught me to use the secure foundation of that love to live a life in service to others. For my friends, who shared their homes and their meals and their dogs and their children with me, who told me they loved me until I believed them, and who held me in their hearts and their hands to the very end of my life. For teachers, who stand up in front of the toughest crowd imaginable and make it look easy, for small, rural churches grounded in faith and tradition and the belief that the church is her people, for food shelves and humane societies who bring hope to the ones who are easily ignored and abandoned, for writers who stack together letters that shape stories, that shift our imaginations and build our capacity for compassion, for musicians who stir even the staunchest Stoics with a minor chord employed at just the right moment. For morticians, who tend to bodies and souls in the mysterious space between life and death. For surfers who stare at the danger of a powerful wave and paddle in anyway. For the sick and the dying, who carry the hope of life in trembling hands. That is it for today's show, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending this link to someone else who might give us a good rating if you can figure out how to do so. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, A Prayer for All the People I Have Been, is by John Drazzle, and I read it without his permission. But you're not here to object, now are you, my friend? That would have made him laugh. So I will laugh for both of us. Words by Winter is created, hosted everything by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help you through and to help us all through. Send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just drop me a line at the same address. For more information, go to allisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life, because it is rough out there, as my friend Drazzle knew, and we have to help each other through. <laughs>